Hey, it's the Feeling Family Podcast, a place where feelings are felt, stories are shared, and you are valid. With hosts Kylie and Sierra, you will dive deep into people's life stories and experiences facing each emotion along the way. From happiness to sadness, pain, joy, anger, hope, and everything in between, every feeling is important and we hope to prove it. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to the Feeling Family. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Feeling Family Podcast. Happy to have you here and we're super excited to introduce you to our guest, Amanda Long. She is one of Kylie's friends and she brought her on and she was able to talk about her kidney failure and needing an organ transplant. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear like the journey that she went on because she started experiencing kidney failure all the way at the young age of like 24 I, I think so. It was really young. In her 20s, yeah. early 20s. So we're going to hear about that. And then big, it, she takes us on a fun journey through the beginning stages of kidney failure, getting a transplant, and then where she's at now. So listen up because it's really good. That's a good speech. Thank you for coming on. We're super excited to have you and just to hear about your story and the process everything you've been going through yeah. <laughs> so if you'd like you could just start off introducing yourself sure thank you guys for having me um my name's amanda long i am 41 i'm from maryland and moved to utah two years ago um i'm here to talk about my transplant journey which has been a lot a lot so um in 2004 i had just graduated from utah state and mm-hmm. i moved home to get my first you know, real job and, um, met, met my current, met my husband and he, um, I don't know. We just were starting to plan a life. And then my mom was like, you need to get your first, you know, you need to get a physical now that you have insurance. And I went and in that routine physical, my creatinine, which is the kidney, um, function indicator in your blood was really high 4.7, which in a normal person is one or below. Whoa. Yeah. So the doctor called me and he said, we really need you to come in. We need to talk about what's going on. And when they say come in to talk about your results, you know, this it's is not, good. Yeah, this <laughs> not good. So I went in like alone, I, you know, usually, you know, you take someone when you're afraid and I, I don't know what was going on that day, but I went alone and he's like, you're in what we would consider acute kidney failure based on your numbers. Did you know that it was like with your kidney, like when they first told you to come in or like, was it I just, had no idea. No, idea no we just said, we need you to come in and talk oh about your goodness. results. And I was like, oh, maybe I have high blood. You know, uh-huh. you're just thinking something. You're. T- I was 24. I yeah. mean, you're not thinking my kidneys failing. No. That's just not in your, you know. So I said, he, he tells me the whole, what we're going to do moving forward. I had to get a biopsy. I had to get a sonogram. And literally my, I, I feel like I like floated above myself and I was watching myself because I, was not, I was just in shock. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was so shocking to me because when you graduate from college, you feel like your world, you know, the whole world, yes, the whole world's in front of you. I just met this wonderful guy. We were planning a life and then you're like, everything's at a screeching halt, you know? So three days later I went and got the sonogram and then a week later I got a biopsy and you have to wait forever for a biopsy. So it was like two weeks of just awfulness. Um, And what was frustrating is the sonogram came back and they're like, oh, you know, this must just be something 
you know, you might have an infection because your sonogram looks great. The kidney looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. The tissue is, you know, so I'm thinking, okay, this was just some weird fluky thing. Mm -hmm. Starting to feel hopeful. Yes. And then the biopsy came back and I was in acute kidney failure or no chronic kidney failure. Um, because I have an autoimmune disease that we didn't know about called IgA nephropathy. And so that was, so then I swiftly get moved to like all new doctors and nephrology team. And my first question was like, am I ever going to be out of kids? Like, I just felt like I'm not going to marry this man if his future, like if I am going to affect his future in any way. So I get home. So on my way home from that appointment, to them telling me I'm going to need a transplant. I'm getting all these calls, all my, I have three brothers and within minutes they were all like, we'll donate whatever you need. Like what, what do you need us to do? And, um, you don't know, you don't know, you don't even know what that means. Like how many people do you know that's had a transplant? Like I didn't even know what to think or no, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. even, I don't know how yeah. that works <laughs> one bit. And I didn't either. And I felt like, where do we go from here? Like what, what is going to be my future? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do life? And I got home and we just kind of, you know, Nick and I sat there and I was just, I said to him, like, if this is too much, you need, I mean, it's fine. I understand, you know, because it was a lot, it's a lot. And then the next day, um, I get off of work and I try to get in, I still live with my parents at the time and they have like a, automated garage Mm -hmm. and I was putting in the code to get in and it wouldn't open. And I was like, what the heck? And I go in the front door and there's rose petals leading from the front door all the way to our back room. And he proposed to me the day after he found out I needed a transplant. Yes. (laughs) And he's like, I'm not going anywhere. And I just want you to know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the day after I found out I needed a kidney transplant. Did that like, do you feel like that helped you, help you, like gave you support or like, oh my like gosh, felt love? Like you're like, it's going to be okay. Well, yes, that. And like most couples maybe face something traumatic more farther into their marriage, yeah. you yes. know, this happened like at the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. we went through this together and I feel like it cemented us in a way that I can't explain. Cause then when you face other things that are hard, you always go back to that moment where you're like in my darkest moment, this person was like, it's okay. I'm going to be here. And I just felt like no matter what happens, I'm never going to forget that moment. Like, you know, in marriage, you're like, sometimes you just don't want to look at each other. And sometimes yeah. you're just like, what yeah. the heck? You're the worst. You know? <laughs> but you love them, but you're like, I don't like oh, you right now. Me. <laughs> but, but I always go back to that moment because it yeah. completely cemented like knowing that he was, we were a team, you know? Yeah. So we got engaged and, Still, the kidney thing was going on, and at the same, so simultaneously, um, planning a wedding, we were planning for a transplant, and that process in Maryland wow. is much different than here. They, in Maryland, they had um, at my nephrology office, they said I could bring ten people to get tested, and so my sister-in-law, my three brother, well, one brother lived out in LA, so he, or no, I don't know, one was in college. And he had to go get tested somewhere else. My parents came, Nick came, my husband, aunt, well, fiance at the time. And they all got tested that day. And um, miraculously, everyone was a match, literally, except my sister-in-law, I think, based on blood type. So wow. um, including my mom. 
And she was like, I'm not going to be able to donate in 20 years. And so let me do it. Let me start getting worked up. And so from that minute on, our focus, complete focus was like, we got to get transplanted. And mm-hmm. because I was getting sick really fast. So what happens in. I was going to ask like, oh, like, yeah. if you had symptoms or like. What? Well, you know, what's so funny is like, this is where I just. God is in the details because I was not sick in my, like, if you would have asked me before I knew, I would have been like, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But then like the second I got a diagnosis, I like completely started to go downhill. It's oh. like, if I would have felt that bad and not know what was going on with me, that would have been terrifying, you know? Yeah. But immediately it was like, I sw- I would just swell up within hours of being awake. Um, I was so tired because my blood, my red blood cell count was so low. It's like, I wasn't getting enough oxygen. I could literally just fall asleep anywhere at any time. Um, mostly the swelling was terrible. The eating was really hard because my kidney couldn't get the toxins out. So like okay. I would feel really nauseous and, and that just happened. Like I just went downhill so fast. That's crazy. It was, ter- it was terrible. So I'm getting sicker, you know, we're trying to plan. (laughs) My mom's trying to get tested and she had a hurdle after hurdle after hurdle. It was like getting her approved took nine months, even with a live donor, you know, because she had to get everything tested. And, and, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting really sick and she's watching me get sick. And that's terrible for a mother, you know, like it was not ideal to, cause so I, so I forgot to tell you, we got engaged in October. We found out I needed a transplant in September. We got engaged in, no, we met, we started dating in September, got engaged in October. Wow. But I think the kidney transplant kind of, kind of like helped that. Like, awesome. yeah. Once you realize that you want to stay around, like after something big, like yes. that, you're like, yep, this is it. And then and as I, that. I was getting so sick. I mean, like we wanted to get married in May, but I was, I wasn't going to make it till May. Like I was. I wouldn't be able to like stand up at our wedding or okay. so we moved it to December. Oh man. <laughs> That's so, so much going on. You were rushing. I mean, it's like, we were just like, if we're going to get married, we'll at least try to enjoy it. And it literally was just happening so fast. We're like, I would literally just work, come home and go to bed at like five 30. That's how I was just exhausted. So um, after we got married in December, we moved in my parents' basement. Mm-hmm. And so that's how my mom was like, see, and she was feeling pressure. Like I need to get, you know, approved. My daughter's so sick. And I'm like, I can't really pressure her, but I'm just like, what can we do? Like we need to get, you know, it was, it was not a great time for any of us, but, um, what's that process like for your mom to get approved? It's a lot. I mean, bless her, like bless anyone's heart who donates because it's not, it's hard. So the first is blood test. And then they literally are advocates for the donor because their health cannot in any way be lessened because they donate. So they do, depending on your age and what they find in your mm-hmm. blood, like my mom had to do a heart catheter. She had to do blood C- CT scans of her chest and her abdomen. And she had to do, there's a psych evaluation to make sure you're not being bribed or guilted in any oh, way. Okay. Um, she had, then she got blood work that came back and said she had hepatitis and it was just a bad lab. You know, it was just like a lot of traumatic things for her too. Like then she thinks she has hepatitis and someone mm-hmm. in the lab messed it up. And oh wow! And she had to lose like 40 or 60 pounds. I can't remember a, t- a huge amount of weight because they don't, they don't like to cut you open anymore. They want it to be laparoscopic. Oh. So 
I mean, she just, what she went through for me, you know, like you love your mom anyway, but this was like a whole new level of just love and I'm in gratitude and awe of her and what she did. Yeah. It sounds like, like, even though it's such a like hard and traumatic experience, like seeing those around you come and support and love you. Like, I feel like that would just be an incredible experience. Like it would be hard to go Mm -hmm. through what you did, but then like, you're like, wow, people really care. Oh yeah. I I mean, you have that feeling, but on the other side of that coin, you're also like, you're taking someone's organ, you know? And so there's like a guilt associated with that that doesn't, it's hard to talk about because it seems silly when you're asking someone to go under the knife for you and you're like, well, that's a serious thing they're doing. But like, I feel guilt about that. Like I feel guilt, you know, for years with my mom, I felt guilty if she ever had anything wrong with her physically, I would feel like, is this because she gave me the kidney? Like, or if she ever had like a UTI or something, I'm like, oh no, what if that's going to hurt her one last kidney, you know, like you do have all these feelings that no one can really help you with. It's just, so you you did end up, it did end up working. It did. It took nine months. We got approved. I had trans my first transplant on July 29th of 2004, five, 2005. So we got married. So we'd only been married like six months when I had a transplant. Wow. Yeah. Or what was like that experience? Like I feel like I'd be so scared going in to like get a transplant and everything. Like those emotions, I would just don't think I could handle. Well, they took my, they take the donor back first. And I remember they had us in like side by side, um, like rooms where they get you ready Mm -hmm. with like a sheet and the surgeon poked his head in and said, Hey, we're going to take your mom back if you want to say bye. And as soon as he said that, I like had a full blown panic attack Yeah, because Mm. I just felt like, what if she doesn't make it? Like, I couldn't care less about the kidney. Like, what if my mom Mm. doesn't make it because of me? And then the anesthesiologist comes in and he's like, have you ever drank before? And I'm like, no. And he goes, well, this is the equivalent of 12 beers. And he shot me with something. And then I woke up. Like, the last thing I did, I woke up from my transplant. (laughs) Are you serious? I don't remember a thing. I don't remember them taking me back. I just, that was it. So, and I woke up and I had a new kidney. Wow. Yeah. And my mom literally went home um, the next morning. I mean, she did so well. It was laparoscopic. She was a rock star. Like, I remember her walking in my room to, like, come see me. And she was already, like, walking. And she had just given me an organ. Like, she's amazing. I can just, like, picture your mom. Because I know her. And I'm like, she's I can see her doing all this. Yeah. She's just like, hi, baby. I'm like just had surgery (laughs) no she's great and and the surgery was um i mean my recovery was pretty great i mean how long did the surgery take like how long were you out it was like six hours it's just from start to finish like them taking the donor back Mm -hmm. harvesting the organ like that whole process is like six hours wow you're just out that's crazy and i remember when they like all the nurses come in all the time because you're i mean it's a huge it's like 40 47 staples. I mean, it's a really big incision for me. Wow. And they're always checking you. And, and I remember Everett Nick's in there and the nurses and the doctor came in to check on me and they're like, there's urine in the bag. Like the first time that your kidney like starts working, it wakes up because they call it, it wakes up. And I just remember everyone cheering in the room and I'm like, 
all right, this is the moment, you know, that's all <laughs> I did it. We've arrived. Yeah. So that's awesome. I had three babies after transplant. Wow. I had all C-sections, like really healthy babies. I was healthy and it felt like, like, this is the life. Like we got married and everything's working out the way that I always dreamed, even in spite of this really hard thing. And then, um, how long were you there after, like, the, like you said your mom got to leave the next morning? I was only there six days. Six days? That's it. What was that like? Like, yeah, how were you feeling? I was feeling just so happy. Like, oh, I, no. you know, it, like, really quickly, you're, you start to feel good. And I remember, and then I remember feeling like, man, I was really sick. Because when your kidney wakes up and you start producing urine and it's working, I, like, felt immediate relief. And I felt better. And I was just so happy that like we made it, you know, like my mom was fine and I was fine. And until discharge day, and I will never forget this moment. So they, they have like a nurse practitioner that comes in a nutritionist and you have to meet with like every human being, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And they go through all the, cause I mean, you're immunosuppressed, which means, you know, you don't have a really good immune system anymore. So you can't see outside people for five weeks after transplant because of germs. And so they talked to us about that and nutrition and medicine. And you do take a lot of medicine. So Nick and I are sitting on the edge of my bed and the nurse practitioner comes in and she places this enormous box between us. Like not like on both of our laps. And it was like a box of of medication, my medication. And, and she's like, so all the instructions are in here. And just remember to get be organized and have a system that works for you. And she's being so happy. And like, you're going home and we're both holding this box like uh and as soon as she walked out of the room we just both started crying yeah because we're like our lives are not we in that that five days of like this after surgery elation you're like oh we made it and then you're like well this is not normal like how are we ever gonna do anything with this box of medication you know like what is our life and we just kind of sat there and had a moment of wow this is a lot it's not over it's not over yes it was that feeling of like we were really fooling ourselves the last five days. Like <laughs> it's not over. Um, and we, and then we got home and then from the hospital and I mean, I was sore, but I was just feeling like my personality is I'm going to attack this. Like nothing's going to defeat me. Like uh-huh. I'm going to defeat this. So we just opened the box and, you know, figured it out. And it's like 22 pills a day. I think now I'm still around 22 pills. I mean, it's a lot of medication. Wow. You yeah. still are taking like, much I think because of the year that I had transplant, I'm sure it's better now. Like I'm sure medics medications have changed in yeah. 16 years, but back then it was like, what the heck is this? You know, <laughs> it was a lot. So we just figured out, we got into a really good routine and I feel like we, we figured it out. We did really, really well. You know, I mean, there's always bump transplant is a roller coaster. It's like, you're really good. And then, and then you're not, and you, there's no in between of like, okay, you're not doing well. It's like, you're really healthy. And then all of a sudden your kidneys freaking out. And I had a lot of those. I had a lot of, I had two rejections in the first year that were very traumatic, you know, traumatic. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, this organ is someone's organ and I need to take care of it. And, uh-huh. but there's things you can't control and your body will be like, Oh, what is this thing? That's not a part of you. And it, so we had a lot of that within the first year and it was a lot and a lot of good things happened though. I mean, a lot of like gratefulness and feeling healthy again and and enjoying our first year as newly like we were newlyweds when this is happening that's so crazy. you know and you're so you're still trying to like get to know each other that way and have this really big medical we'll go through that. yeah 
Go for it. <laughs> what? So how has it been since then? I was just going to ask. Like, you, the first couple years were good, and then yeah. how has it been? Because I think, like, what are you going through now, I guess? Yeah, so the kidney lasted um, 16 years. Um, so last, Is that normal? Like They say, like, 10, they give you a huge range, 10 to 20 years. Okay. And it could be any, you know, in... It, on average, but it's really dependent on your health and how obedient you are to the medications and your appointments and um, trying to stay healthy. And how often did you have appointments? Oh gosh! So the first six weeks, you go in three times a week, and they oh, check yeah. your blood and they're checking your blood pressure <laughs> and they're, you know, like they are on it because that organ is still so foreign to your body. Yeah, even with the suppressing all the immunity, like. They're always checking things. And then after the six weeks, I would go, I think I would go once a week. And then it kind of went to one every other week, you know, it just kind of tapered a little bit. But even now, like 16 years out, I still, well, before I started to fail, I had to get blood work once a month. And yeah, so it's a lot. I mean, it's not like you're just normal, I would say. You're still, you know, you're still being watched and because they want the kidney to last. For sure. It's like really good that they're checking you up and yeah. like making sure you're okay and everything. Yeah. That's well, awesome. and that's, and the hard thing is, is like you get comfortable in. So then it goes to like every three months you see them and then every mm-hmm. six months. And then it was in that six month period where my kidney started to decline. And because I didn't see anyone for six months, you know, that's a lot of time in this world where like no one has an eye on you, but they get comfortable because you're doing so well, which is just, it's fine. And then it's not. And that's just, how it is what were your like first signs of kidney failure then so i work at the at the local elementary school and at the end of last school year i started noticing that i was just getting really swollen at the end of the day and so in your mind you you, you're you're also you're also out of that space where you're always assuming something's wrong because you're so far from transplant you know Mm -hmm. so i was just like oh it's hot you know i need to drink more water i'm getting older I need better shoes. Like I just went through all the things. Yeah. And then, um, I started noticing that like when I went up the stairs, I was just really out of breath, but not in a normal way. Like, so I called my doctor first and I was like, I am just swelling like crazy. Can I get on a water pill? And no one, it didn't alarm them either. They're like, sure, we'll call it in. Cause that's pretty normal for kidney patients. And I started taking the water pill and then, um, didn't really notice a difference. And then I called my doctor again because I noticed my blood pressure was like way high. And he's like, well, why don't you come in? Let's check you on our cuff and bring your cuff in. And my blood pressure was way like in 190 over 100, like really bad. And then um, the doctor was like, why don't we just grab some blood? And this was this was right at that. So this is like June, July. And they took blood work and my creatinine was back up to 5.8. Yeah. And I remember I was at my, my mom, um, we moved here from Maryland and then my mom moved here also from Maryland, my mom mm-hmm. and dad. So I was at her house visiting and when I got the call and I'm like, mom, my creatinine's 5.7. She's like, it's okay. It could be an infection or, you know, maybe you, maybe you have been sick and you don't know, maybe you have a virus. Cause we do these things to ourselves, right? This is how we kind of take care of ourselves mentally. Mm-hmm. We just like, but I was dying inside, but my, all my kids are with me and I didn't want to alarm them. So I just like, everything's great. Yeah. <laughs> all is well. We're fine. 
so um, I got the call saying, we need to, you need you to come in and talk about your results. And I had this like flashback oh. to 16, you know, 16 years ago. And I'm like, this is not good. And um, yeah, my kidney was just failing. And, and how are, recent was this again? This was just last July. I found okay. out. Yeah. Wow. So over the summer, we tried to like lots of things. Like we tried lots of water pills and we tried to, the goal was we know the kidneys at the end of its rope. Um, but we want to let your natural, your kidney last as long as it's can on, on its own before we introduce dialysis. And I really tried, I, I was trying and I got, again, I just, those feelings, I got sick, really sick, really fast. Yeah. I mean, I started back at the school in September and I just couldn't even get, I mean, honestly, I couldn't even get from the front door of the school to my office, which is like maybe 200 yards mm -hmm. without having to take a break and breathe. Like I just wasn't getting enough oxygen and I was so swollen. Like my legs were huge. I mean, I just like, I don't know. I just remember like wearing, wearing things on purpose that would disguise my legs because mm -hmm. they were just so big and swollen. Yeah. What were like all the like symptoms of it? Cause you said like swelling, you would get tired. Like were there like what symptoms like this? So the kidney, kidney is really in charge of all of the, like the blood pressure and, and it, and it, because it, because it controls like the toxins in your blood, if it's not working correctly, then you just have all of those toxins just sitting in your body. So you feel sick. I mean, you feel nauseous, mm -hmm. you feel, um, your blood counts are wacky. So like my red count was all the way down to four. And I think normal they said is 11. So like I had to get a blood transfusion. I mean, I was doing, so I only work Monday through Thursday at the school and I have Fridays off every Friday I was in, the infusion center getting iron or getting, and then I finally, no matter what they did, it wasn't working. So I had to get a blood transfusion, which was terrifying. And did you have like a flashbacks? Is that yes. what was like the scary part? It was super triggering for me because when I had it, when I went through it the first time, we didn't have children. It was just, you know, we were just two adults that could just manage our own feelings. Yeah. You know? But we have a 13, 11 and a now 10 year old. I mean, they have big feelings and, um, I, we just, you never want to be the reason your kids suffer in any way. Like, you know, they're going to have their own things that are hard and, and you know that they're going to have their own experiences, but you don't want your experience to hurt them in any way. And I, mm. my husband and I would talk every night, like, let's just not tell them yet until we have answers. Cause we didn't really have answers. Like, I would go, we knew the kidney was failing, but I wanted to tell my kids when I could give them some hope or like, yeah, cause they would have all these questions too, but I didn't have any answers. Like, well, what's going to happen? I don't know. Like, are you going to be sick for, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I know nothing. I didn't have anything to give them. So just give them the bad news. And yeah. And then no like you news. live with that. Yeah, <laughs> good <see>. luck. <laughs> go to school and yeah. just live with that. You were know, they, did they know about your like past kidney problems. Mm -hmm. so yeah. They, they were familiar with all of that. They're told. Yeah. But the mom they know is just the mom that they know. Yeah. Active and happy. And like, how long was it like between getting gear transplant and then having kids? Four years we had to wait. Oh, wow. Like you, so they like, you had to wait. I had to wait because you have to wait two years from every rejection episode so that your body is healthy. Uh -huh. So I had a rejection episode and then seven months later I had another rejection episode. Oh. So then they're like, well, you don't even think about it, you know? So after my last rejection episode, we had to wait two full years. And then we, and then I was on a medication that was class X, like 
could kill a baby. So then we had to, t- it took six months to get off that medication. Oh. So yeah, it was a long road and we really, really, really wanted to have kids, but we obviously, again, you don't want anything about you to hurt. To yeah. So what is this, a rejection episode look like? Uh, for me, nothing. Experience? Really? That's what's terrible about it is that it was all found in blood work. Uh-huh. So rejection, like if you're just in acute rejection, it just means that those little tubules in the kidney are inflamed. So they're not able to really clear out toxins and things like that. So they would see it and the blood work starts to show that the creatinine is rising. And so whenever it even rose like a little bit, then they would do a biopsy and they would find it in the biopsy. Wow. I had so many biopsies like that first year. Um, And then you have to go into the hospital for like three or five days and they give you IV prednisone, like really high dose steroids to kind of trick your body into not seeing that kidney again then you go home and yeah you get real ballooned up again all those steroids in your face and so now we're here we're just waiting for transplant again how has like the last year been waiting for or going through it again i don't know if you're waiting for a transplant i am okay yeah it's 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 harder this way in some ways and easier in other ways like it's harder because my kids are involved in it now and they have a lot of questions and they worry and they, um, I think they, you know, before we told them I was, they could see I was getting sick, you know, but they didn't know they just thought I was, well, you ask them now and they say they just thought I was getting old. Oh, my little boy is like, I just thought you were getting old. <laughs> I'm like, well, 40s old. Yeah, I guess 40s old. Um, and so that was hard managing that. Like I would try to still be me and then they'd go out and play and I would just be like, Ugh, like lay a on little the couch. Break. <laughs> but, How long did it take for you to like find out enough answers to tell your kids? So we didn't tell them until like November. So oh, we yeah. found out in July and we didn't tell them till November till I knew what so the next step was. Find out, find out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I wanted to be able to say, we're going to start, we're going to do dialysis. This is what it's going to look like. This is how it will be. Mommy will be healthier. And what were like the emotions and feelings telling your kids? How was that experience? It was awful because I know how I felt when I found out the first time I did a transplant. And I remember Mm -hmm. all that fear and like what's next and what's going to happen. And I knew that, and I could see their little faces and like the little tears brimming in their mm-hmm. eyes. And, um, we tried to get really quick to the hopeful part. Like this is what's happening, but you know, Listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all, their personalities are so different. My oldest boy is like very logical. And so mm-hmm. he was like, okay, if we're doing this, then I'm good, you know, but my daughter has really bad anxiety and, and she worries about everything on a normal day. And then to throw this something, I mean, she really, she had like a moment of real like panic and we had to like layer between us and just hug her and answer all of her questions like 20 times over because she was so worried about it. And my little guy, he's just, he was just, he shares his feelings like later. So he'll be fine. And then he'll come to you like a week or two weeks and be like, I'm a little bit scared about that, you know, yeah. and I knew that was coming. So I just, we just tried to answer all of their questions and reassure them that you're actually going to have a better mom on dialysis than you've had because I'll be feeling a lot better. Um, 
But it was What's tough. Dialysis? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> so dialysis is the way is like a machine that functions as your kidney. Basically, it's a machine kidney outside. So okay, there's several different ways you can do hemodialysis, which is where they put a fistula in your arm, and you go to a center and they run, they clean your blood for you. Okay. Um, but that's for me, that wasn't the right fit. Cause you have to go three days a week for like four to five hours. Oh, and wow. I still wanted to be a mom and yeah. I didn't want their lives to be upset in any way. So I do home PD, which is peritoneal dialysis. Um, they inserted a catheter through surgery into my abdomen. Uh-huh. And so it's always here. I just tape it to my body and then my machines at home and I hook up every night from, it takes nine hours. So I, it just depends on what time I have to be up and ready in the morning. And it's just really bags of sugar water that toxins are attracted to sugar. So the fluid goes in through my catheter and dwells for two hours and then it goes out, it drains out. And that's like what your waste would be if you, okay. if you had a working kidney and it does that cycle four times a night. Do you, uh, do you have to, like, sorry, at night? <laughs> do you just, like, I do it at night, night while I'm sleeping. Okay. Yeah. So I hook up at night and just sleep through it and wake up and unhook and. Well. Does it, like, get in the way of sleeping? Like, I feel like. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I mean, I would say, like, out of seven days a week, I probably have, like, three nights a week that are really disrupted by okay. it. Okay. And then the other ones, I don't even notice it. You know, like. I mean, the, the, the tubing is like 12 feet long. So I do have a lot of slack to, okay, you to know, be able to move. but if you kink the, if you kink the line, it beeps at you. If it, oh, okay. so you're like, okay, you get up Shut and you, yeah, but, but that is nice that you're able to do it. While yeah. You're so my kid, so that's what we told my kids. Like, I'll be here. The machine's here. Like you can still come in. And if you have a bad dream, like I'm still You'll your still mom, I'm still here. You know, nothing has changed except I'm going to be healthier because my blood levels were so low that I was not functioning at any kind of healthy level. And, mm-hmm. um, and then dialysis has really helped me feel normal again, you know, good. for the most part. That's good. Yeah. Is that, do you do anything else on top of dialysis? Oh yeah. A million doctor's appointments. Okay. <laughs> I still take medicine. I mean, it's still the same chaos as before, but I feel better. So That's dialysis good. is a great thing. I wouldn't choose it long-term. Like I still want to get a transplant. Yeah. Um, but in this bridge to transplant, it's fine. I think my last like question, I guess, is what it, you're waiting for a transplant. Yes. Are you just on like a transplant list this round? Or so the way work? Utah does it a lot different. So for me, even to get listed, which automatically you go on the national registry and you can also work up donor, possible donors at the same time. Um, but to be listed, you have to meet certain criteria. Like, um, and I don't, rem- and I don't remember this part from my first transplant. So I feel like there's some different protocols from state to state. Um, but I had to get every body part checked to make sure that I was healthy enough to endure transplant. Even like my teeth, I had to go to the dentist and make sure wow. I didn't have any cavities and. Um, and you have to, you have to like meet a weight requirement. And so I'm not listed yet because they still want me to lose more weight, which is really frustrating um, when you're waiting for something that's life-saving for them to focus on something that's, you know. Yeah. And that's hard too, when you're yeah. going through something that's so difficult to yeah. like want to 
have the energy and to you, do it. Well, and you don't. Like, that's the thing. Have energy in the first no. place. And dialysis is great in that I do feel better, but I don't feel what I would call normal. I mean, yeah. it's a better it's a better version of me, not the best version but, of me. So you don't, you know, you're not like, let's go out and exercise and grab a spin. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna lay on this couch and take a nap. You know. <laughs> So they are working up my possible donors, which are now going to be my brothers are getting tested and they're wonderful. And they've always been so wonderful and just right there, ready to do whatever I needed. Um, so we're just waiting. They're waiting on me. I mean, they've gone as far into the process as they can until I get listed. So I just got listed. I'm, I'm listed, but I'm inactive. Okay. So to be active, I have to meet all their requirements. That is so much, like, such a big process. It's a big process. And, like, you go through range of emotions every day. Like, some days I'm like, this is great. I could do dialysis. Like, it's going to be fine. And then the next day I'm like, I hate this thing. I just want to be transplanted. I just want my life back. And Mm -hmm. you could go through those. I could go through that range, like, seven times in a day. Like, this is the worst. This is fine, you know. I can do it. (laughs) Just kidding. This sucks. (laughs) Oh, that is... I think that's how all challenges we go through happen. That's true. Like, yeah. But that is a big one. No, but I love that you said that because everyone, you'll talk to people and they'll be like, well, I don't want to tell you what I'm going through because it's nothing compared to what you're going through. And I'm like, pain is pain. Like hard is hard. It doesn't, my heart, we can't compare hard things because, you know, I wouldn't want your hard thing. You might not want my hard thing, but I don't like when people are like, no, I don't want to burden you. Like your thing is so hard. I'm like, no, I, I still just want to be, you know, Amanda and not. I was going to say like, does you, do you feel like, I feel like that would kind of make it worse. Like I'm like, no, just treat me like normal in a way. Like don't do that because that kind of like, I don't know. I feel like it just. Well, I feel like that's been like my big fight this whole 16 years is just like, you don't want people to see your, your disease or your wrong thing or your mistake, you know, like no one wants to be labeled whatever they're dealing with mm-hmm. in any, what, no matter what it is. And I felt like as soon as I had my transplant for like months to a year after it was just like, always like, how are you doing? And their head would like tilt to the side. <laughs> and you're just like, I am still me. Like There's just, yeah. There's more to me than. And I don't, you don't always want to talk about it. You know, yeah. your own mind is full of that information 24 seven. It's not like I can get away from it or run from it. It's there. So let's talk about something else, you know? And then when it happened the second time, I didn't tell a lot of people because I didn't, I knew, like, I know what it looks like on people's faces and I just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for it. So I think that's something that I think about a lot when since starting the podcast is we share somebody's like quote unquote story. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, there's so much more to a person. Like yeah. even when I got on here and I shared my own story, I was like, that was just such yeah. a little line of who I am. Right. There's so much more. And even when we asked you to be on, you were like, well, do you want me to talk about this or yeah, this? And right. Like, there's so much more to a person than that one little right thing that they may be going through or yeah. that you can see on the outside. Well, yeah, I mean, that thing, that thing that you're going through does shape you. And it does, it does um, create a different avenue, maybe, that you wouldn't have gone down in your life, which is wonderful, you know. But 
Yeah, I it was I felt that same thing when I had kids. I was just like Brady's mom. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not just Brady's mom, you know, like I'm still me. Like she's still here. And then the transplant thing is kind of the same way. It's just like, oh, you know, you don't feel good or you're just like, stop it, you know? Well, it's like we're not just one person. We're not no. just a mom. We're not just a sister, a daughter, yes. um, somebody that needs a transplant. And I think that's like the same with our feelings. We're not just going to be happy. Yes. We're not just going to be sad. We're not going to – all these things. There's multiple things that we're going to be. You know, my my teenager is <laughs> like in full teenager <laughs> feelings right now. And he always like kind of looks like he's upset. That's just like his resting face, you uh-huh. know? And one day I was just like, are you sure you're okay? Because I just, I don't want to keep bugging you, but I'm just worried. And he goes, mom, I'm allowed to not be okay. Like, it's okay if I'm not, I'm going to, maybe tomorrow will be better, but it's okay. Like he was, he reminded me that we're not, we're not always okay, you know, but we're so afraid of people knowing we're not okay that we're like, no, I'm great. You know, I'm fine, but we're not, you know, and some days I'm not okay with where I'm at in my life. Sometimes I'm. I'm mad and I'm frustrated. And like Monday I found out that I, that I tried to go back and get listed and they declined me. And I was just like, so mad oh, on Monday. So hard. Yeah. I, I like that you've said that throughout this whole thing is that you like some days weren't okay. Some days weren't the best, but yeah. it's like, you want to find that hope and you mm-hmm. are holding on to the hope, but it's at the same time. Okay. To be upset about what you're going through. Yeah. Um, and then while you were just saying that, I thought about how you have your Instagram about mm-hmm. it. What mm-hmm. is it that made you want to start that? Mostly because we I, we left Maryland and left all of our friends and family there when we moved here. And it was just a really easy way to let everybody know at the same time, you know. And also because, like I said, I don't want to have 25 conversations about what's going on in the process. Yeah. Because some days it's really hard to talk about and some days... I'm happy to talk about it, but if I do the, if I do the Instagram and just tell everyone at the same time, then I don't have to answer oh, you know? it a million times. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Cause you were saying how you don't like, you didn't want to tell people at first, yeah. but now this helps you to. Yeah. So I didn't share. start that page until we, I started dialysis. So okay, I waited until my kids knew and there was like, um, Oh, maybe I didn't actually. I think I started that page before we told my kids. Oh. Because somebody saw, someone in Maryland saw on on a feed that I was talking. They heard me talking that I wasn't feeling good and that I just, and so I knew that they were starting to find out. Oh. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just, but I think I said in my first post, like, please don't tell (laughs) (laughs) If you know my kids, don't tell them. Don't let them know. But I also thought, like, if anyone searched a hashtag and they found it, you know, like, I also want to spread hope about it and, like, stop the fear of it. I mean, I know it's scary to have, like, even if I say, don't worry, it's going to be okay, you're still going to feel fear about it. I mean, my story is pretty unique. I mean, even in, I'm in, like, a journal in at Georgetown because I was the first, um, their first patient at my age that had kids post-transplant. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, like it is, it's a hopeful story and, and I wish I felt that way every day, but I don't, but it's okay. We're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to get there. You're incredible. What is, uh, your Instagram? It's my transplant journey underscore two. And I update it 
pretty irregularly. That's totally good. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at it before you came and I was like, oh, sometimes you post. Yeah, I, I never feel I like need that. to be better. But I again, need to know? <laughs> again, it's that same, it's that same issue I have with me. Like sometimes I'm really like fine to be open about where I'm at. And sometimes I feel like, I don't know if I want to tell people that I didn't get listed because I need to lose more weight. Maybe that's embarrassing. And I, but I need to, you know, like that's a reality. That's where we're at. I love we, when we weren't recording how you said, if you had somebody to come in and tell you it's going to be okay, you'll still be able to have kids. Yeah. You'll still be able to like, life is going to be better. I love that you said that. And I think now you can be that light, that hope for other people. And even though, but I like that you can also tell them it's hard, but we can do this. And yeah. I just think you're doing an incredible job oh, sharing. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm so glad you came on here. Thank you. Well, you don't get here alone. I mean, that's, you guys said that earlier. You don't, you, you have like a whole village of people that help you get, I mean, my husband is amazing. I mean, he like to take on this challenge, you know, weeks after dating. I mean, honestly, I mean, yeah. And just, he's my caretaker a lot, you know, like to have your husband have to look at you differently. Like you're my wife and, and I'm also your caretaker. It's a lot of mixed, you know, it, it crosses lines and, but he does it so well. And my family, I mean, like my family just being like, we're in, we're going to mm -hmm. do this, you know? So yeah, it's, I have a lot of support and I know not everyone has that support and that's a different whole different hard thing, but, um, but you'll get through it, right? We get through it. So, so that's the hope is we just keep trying to get through it, but one step at a time. One step at a time. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your story oh, and being sure. open about it because yeah. it can be hard, but like you said, you wanted that, so you can be that for other people because yeah. people need it. Thank so. you. No, thank you so much. And then, yeah, we just hope for the best oh, for you. Hope it all goes quick. You get it figured out. Thank you to those who are listening. We appreciate you coming on and listening, and hopefully you were able to learn something and just feel, I guess, emotions. <laughs> feel your emotions. Feel how you did. I can't tell you how to feel. <laughs> but Amanda did great, and so... We appreciate listening. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next week.